Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Edge Got In podcast. My name is Dr. Estella Chavu, and I'm so happy to share another Edge Got In podcast with you. Edge Got In is the voice of emotional intelligence in Christ, and our goal is to help champion human potential in Christ. And we do this through this podcast, as well as, as through our Edge Got In program, which you can find more about on our website or on our Facebook page. So this podcast is really a special one in that it talks about uh, the, uh, the gift of altruism. And I call it a gift because it is a gift from God. It's something that he built into us and he designed into us. This is a three-part series. Um, this is the third part, the last one. So I encourage you to go to the, the Edge Guide in previous podcast to hear more about it. Uh, parts one and two tells us about how we live uh, and we were designed in our lifestyle and our living for for uh, in, in God's intention for us in humanity was to be altruistic. And then uh, part two talked about learning how to model Christ-like behavior. And this series, the final one, part three, is going to teach us how to experience the act of altruism in our relationships through the work of the Holy Spirit. So let's begin in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you in thanks and praise and in gratitude. We are so hopeful and so blessed to know that you are in our lives, no matter the suffering situation or uncertainty we face. And we thank you for this. I pray that this series on altruism will inspire listeners to seek more knowledge of what it is to be like you and to lead in love as you instructed us to do. I pray Hebrews 6 on our lives, knowing that you are not unjust and you will not forget the work we put in to develop our altruistic person and be the person you would have us be. In this we pray, amen. So emotional intelligence in Christ is a is it developed a method on method, and that method is uh has EIC. It it starts with the encounter, the identified behavior, and how to course correct. And this all is guided by the Holy Spirit. It's important to know that when we have encounters and relationship encounters, they don't happen by accident. They're ordained by Christ, they're predestined, and they're intentional by design. They can happen anywhere, anytime, and with anyone, and they don't, don't occur accidentally. Encounters and relationships, we must know, are brought to our lives on purpose. Therefore, it is important for us to pay attention to them and be intentional in recognizing and responding to how we act toward those encounters. So I'm going to give you three things that kind of talk about um, how we act in altruistic relationships through the work of the Holy Spirit. So first, I'm going to talk a little bit about how we must understand what relationships and what they mean as a child of God. So first off, a relationship basically by definition, is how two or more people are connected and behave toward each other. We engage in different types of relationships, and they all have unique characteristics. They can be phlegmatic, romantic, codependent, or casual, and have other definitions. But each of these involves an encounter 
react re resulting in some type of reaction. What is essential is that we need to know that every rela relationship represents a leap of faith. And that's due to the type of interpersonal associations, connections, or interactions between two or more people. With a relationship, we always have this encounter. We must know, at, even before that encounter, the, how the Holy Spirit would have us respond. In part one of the series, we discuss how God showed his intention for mankind when we were created. I'll leave you with, I'm going to leave you a scripture, read to you a scripture, John, uh, th third John 1 and 2, and it says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go with you, even as your soul gets along well. And this speaks to God wanting good health for us. And he was very intentional about that in our creation. The Holy Spirit ensures this through God's design of us as human beings. Now, there's a lot of research studies that, that uh, suggest individuals in stable, long-lasting relationships typically live longer than single individuals across demographic groups. And by single, I don't mean necessarily single in the in, in uh, having a spouse or significant other, but I'm saying single in our interactions. We are meant to interact with people. We're meant to be among people. We're meant to fellowship. That evidence also suggests that increased intimacy, emotional connections, lower depression, as well as enhanced immune function and cardiovascular health. So you see, we are designed for relationship encounters. But in these encounters, we must rely on the Holy Spirit on how to handle our behaviors and emotions in all situations. And believe me, relationships, loved or unloved, create a lot of different emotions. Secondly, we must know that relationships require us to support each other alter altruistically. So beyond understanding relationships, we must learn that we must help and support others. Galatians 6.2 says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. This act of altruism is further example in Hebrews 6.10, where it tells us God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help. So basically, it tells us right there that we are designed and we are meant to help one another. And God will remember that. We are instructed to have daily encounters, behaviors, and the need to course correct sometimes happens with these. The ESC model suggests Situations don't just happen in relationship encounters that we know, but also in those we don't know. You know, we, we, we're, we're faced with meeting people sometimes we don't know casually and personally that we do know. And these encounters result in situations uh, that re have us react different ways. So let's take an example of... Um, a situation where you pass someone homeless 
and you may be with a group of people and they may say, don't look. How would you react to that? Or if the, and, and, and especially if the Holy Spirit inside you is something you tells you to do something differently, but you're listening to the crowd and maybe that presents doubt in you. Yeah. Or even when you have a colleague at work who's been written off, say this colleague has the, the your boss or you in leadership have heard this person is just not up to par, but something in you says, I need to support that person. And you get this deep urge how do you follow it? Well, you see, God at that time may be using you as an example of modeling Christ-like behavior in both of these situations. <clears throat> Matthew 5, 16 tells us, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. This scripture so resonates with me because I want my light to shine. And, and I really do believe that every time I get a blessing and every time I'm doing something that's right, my light shines in the example for others, which is what we do when we're in the Holy Spirit. And we feel good about it. The scripture could be the very reminder of how you empower others as in the Holy Spirit. So, so we need to read the scriptures, understand the scriptures, rely on this a scripture like this to realize that, you know, when we shine our light, we're helping others, we're empowering others, and we're acting, acting in the spirit, not in the flesh. The third thing we must do is listen to our discernment and the activation of the Holy Spirit. Um, but we also need to know who the His Holy Spirit is, right? So the Holy Spirit is God's power in action, His active force. You know, God sends His Spirit to protect, empower, and guide us to accomplish what He has for us, His will. The Holy Spirit makes uh, us know that Jesus is present. It makes us be more like Jesus, and it helps us understand His Word. All of this goes back to the word of God, which is the most important thing, because if you understand the word of God, being Christ-like, acting in his, his behavior is going to be also simple or a reminder when we have that encounter, that identified behavior, and that need to course correct. The activation of the Holy Spirit means that God, uh, uh, God of the universe will guide us in our vocational decisions. We will find peace in knowing that God is directing our step and guiding our lives. We don't have to worry about doing it ourselves. We don't have to worry about this in our work, our leadership, or our personal lives because he's got us. Our uniqueness is also very essential. And so what I am called to do, you may not be called to do in your charitable givings. In Acts 13, the Holy Spirit asks for Barnabas and Saul to set apart for the work to which he called them. We don't have the same gifts. We don't have the same work. Altruistic giving is unique for each of us based on the spiritual gifts that God has given us and has asked us to do. And lastly, God doesn't give us these gifts for our benefit, but for the common good of the church. First Corinthians 
Corinthians 12, 7 says, a spiritual gift is given to us, each of us, so we can help each other. Everyone is given something to do that shows who God is and what he wants us to do for the common good. You know, many times we walk through life thinking, I don't have a gift. Yes, you do. Everyone has a gift. Everyone has a spiritual gift. Everyone has that uniqueness that makes us different. Everyone has something that helps one another. As I referenced in 1 Peter 4, 2, you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. This scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit guides us into how we give to all kinds of people in all forms. You see, giving isn't a cookie-cutter approach, but an approach that has individualized differences. So with all this in this series of altruism, which is a lot because it, 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 it takes us really working in build, building our spiritual connection with Christ to be able to do all the things, to know his intention for us, to know how to have Christ-like behavior and how to experience and act unselfishly in relationships. And you know what does all that? It's the Holy Spirit. This behavior modification takes place with the application of not only spiritual tools like the EIC method, but more importantly, and, and most importantly, letting the word of God be the priority in our life through his feeding, through meditating on his word, and knowing what he wants for us daily. Once we do that, we'll be able to activate this Holy Spirit in every situation we're in and be doers of the word of God. This new knowledge I hope, will help us use this, our spiritual gifts to build the church, serve others, and make the word of God the final authority in our lives. I encourage you to listen in to parts one and two and continue in conclusion with three. And really put the word of God into your spirit, your heart, minds, and souls, and act on the, the Holy Spirit so you can just be able to do things for him and for others. Our purpose here is to love. Our purpose here is to support. Our purpose here is to live out our purpose, uh, which is what he has designed us to do. And if you stand in, in deep thought and ask, he'll give us what we need to do. I encourage you to do that. And I encourage you to write on the blog any questions you have about altruism. It's, it's a really important area for me. Um, I just think that Giving and helping and supporting and loving is just one of the most important things we can do in this life. So with that, I will let you go and be blessed.